right, everybody. Welcome to Dumb and Awful. This is uh, Brett at Relentless Board. This is Rob at Dumb and Awful. And this week we have with us Nate at In These Deserts. That's correct. I am uh, I am the host of What a Hell of a Way to Die, as well as a co-host of uh, the Trash Future podcast. In These Deserts, not to be confused uh, with In These Deserts, which refers to Brett. You know <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's putting he's them fucking on. Fucking chowing the them down. <laughs> hell yeah. I saw him double fisting cheesecake the other day. <sighs> fucking no self-respect, man. It's unbelievable. It's plague time. Fuck self-respect. Exactly. That's fucking out the window. <laughs> Excited to explain why you can use the C word in Britain, but not in America. <laughs> and why I, I very carefully scrutinize the, the profiles of people I'm replying to on Twitter to make sure they're not American before I, I call them cunts. Because, hey, that's we can say it, technically. <laughs> Although the we applies to you now that you're there. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. I mean, I'm a British citizen. I mean, I live here permanently. But yeah, it's <laughs> a weird place to be. I mean, permanently, permanently. Didn't they close off uh, inbound and outbound air travel? Yep. Yeah, they <laughs> didn't during the initial part of the lockdown, like in March and April. But they have now. So yes, even if I wanted to go back to America, I am stuck here for the immediate short term. Nice. But I mean, I haven't, I've been back to America once since I moved here. I, I've lived here for like a little over two years. And I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm going to die here, but I'm stuck here for a while. Well, actuarially, that remains to be seen. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the government does appear to be doing everything in its power to ensure that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they they do definitely really want everyone to die if possible. But uh, I mean, the sweet release of oblivion is waiting for us all. All we have to do is cough in each other's mouths and get a ten-pound voucher from the government to eat out. But you're not allowed to take it out to take food home. You have to dine in with no masks and cough on each other. I swear to God, this was a thing they did back in like August, September. They were giving people government-subsidized vouchers to like go eat out in you know dine-in facilities. And then later on, they're like, wow, this huge COVID spike started in like August, September. Is there anything you can associate it with? It's like, hmm, maybe when the government paid people to go get COVID. I don't know. That's amazing. I, I thought you were joking because I know nothing about England, not because I was educated in Florida and I'm stupid, but because I'm a patriot. And as <laughs> some of us are in the United States, we stay in the United States and we realize that you don't need to learn about the rest of the world. Yeah. You don't need to hear anything about those fruity ass countries. All right. Whatever. You know, they have <laughs> weird accents. They drive on the wrong side of the road. It just so happens that one of them has free health care because my mom was a GI baby and her grandpa didn't fucking wrap it up when he was stationed in England in the 50s. That makes sense. Why would you? You know, that's the time to do <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. What's what's Rob Delaney like? I assume that's <laughs> that's my question. Anytime an American goes to England, what's what like? Rob Delaney, he's in England, right? Oh yeah, he's a good dude. No, I actually met him. I, <laughs> did, like, I told you, yeah. That's that's how. No, he did he did a live show with he he did a live show with us actually with Trash Future back in December of last year. It was a hopeful time when we were like, hell yeah, everyone get out, do canvassing, support labor for the election. And then some bad shit happened. And since then, we've just sort of battened down the hatches and watched uh, ah, watch this country completely fucking eat shit. I mean, it just benefits uh, from the fact that it has a much smaller population than the United States. Because if, I'll put it this way, if you adjusted Britain's population for America, we would be having way more new COVID cases and deaths than America has. It's just that it's a smaller country, and so like the people are like, oh, well, those numbers aren't that bad. It's like, basically, they said they weren't going to do the whole everyone gets it and we have herd immunity thing, but that's 100% what they're doing. I, I still can't believe, I didn't realize the September voucher thing. I saw, because I was looking at it, and you know they, they had the huge spike in the spring, and then it died over the summer, and then I saw the massive wave that they're in now, where like uh, Boris finally did a full 
they're saying four week shutdown, right? Starting that yeah, guy's yeah, in yeah. charge. Oh yeah. Yep. The, he the, is. Boris Johnson is the prime minister. I I heard him. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say this. I heard him on like a Freakonomics or Planet Money podcast years ago, <laughs> and I was like, oh, what a silly little scamp this guy is. Yeah, exactly. That that's that's apparently the charming appeal. He's just a, a big ruffled hair dumbass, and uh, yeah, now he's he's been the prime minister since uh, I can't remember when exactly it was in 2019 when Theresa May stepped down. But yeah, he then they won massively in the election back in December. So we are basically, unless he steps down or something changes, stuck with him as prime minister that's for amazing. at least the next four years. His answers so. were all like. You know, they're like, what do you like to do on a, a Sunday? And he's like, well, there's nothing. But I don't. I have no idea what he sounds like, so I'll just, this is my There's nothing better than sitting down with Ulysses and a boiled egg. And I'm like, this guy is a caricature. 100%. Which, like, pretty rich since we elected Trump. So I guess that's just the time to do it. Why not? Let's all just do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, um, we're all just electing you... those anime representations of, like, platforms. Remember that? Yes. <laughs> Where it would be like an e-girl representing Twitter, and this is the, what the one from Tumblr looks like. And he, We've just done that with our politicians now. <laughs> but we used to joke about this, that basically, well, Theresa May is, is stupider Margaret Thatcher, and Donald Trump is stupider Ronald Reagan. And so Britain couldn't be outdone, so they had to elect Richard Churchill, and that's what we got. We just got this caricature, <laughs> and, and the boomers love him. I, I don't get it. There is this it's the same phenomenon as Trump that people just have this weird undying faith in this particular guy. And no matter what he does, no matter what he fucks up, they're just gonna be like, he's our guy. We support him no matter what. The damn libs keep sabotaging him, even as you know, this country has the worst death rate in Europe, the worst economic contraction in the developed world. Doesn't matter. Boris is doing his best, and this, the damn the damn libs just won't let him win. Basically, like it's the same phenomenon as Trump. It's just it's soggier and more <laughs> weirdly self hating. So that's the way you make it British. How do you? I don't understand because like Trump works because America basically has has no meaningful culture or history that isn't just like uh, slave owning and and hating each other. So like mm-hmm. Trump can elevate without offending. You know, too many people. He was elected president, like millions of people like him because it's just like, I don't know, he's got a lot of money and he hires hot people and he he talks about how TV makes you mad. And it's like, that was basically enough. But in Britain, don't you have like, you know, like some sort of traditions or or a a shared culture? Like who, what is the allure of looking at Boris Johnson? Like how how do like boomers in Britain look at Boris Johnson and go like, yeah, that's basically me. Like, it seems like such a weird fucking persona that he has, like such a niche, like I, I'm a central London uh, thinker, but I also hate, I, I don't get it. I don't get him. I think the best way I could describe it is because of he built up this reputation, you starting out as a journalist and then later on as a member of parliament, basically selling himself as the guy who would just say the things that the libs were too scared to say that basically like that racism is good and the empire is great and Britain did nothing wrong. And those, those, those damn natives should thank us for all the railroads we built. And he just, he kind of cultivated this, this public persona of being both 
this, a sort of right wing talk radio style opinion having guy, as well as like he appeals to a certain sensibility of just being so unbelievably upper class and fancy that he just doesn't give a shit about anything. And, and he activates the special secret compartment of the British brain that makes them want to like fucking bow to their betters or whatever. Like the level of just weird deference that people have for a guy as long as he's got like the correct fancy accent. It's hard to overstate that. But I think a lot of it also is wrapped up in, you know, he was a big proponent proponent early on. I think he uh, he figured out that Brexit was going to be this cultural fault line. And in the early days, I'm pretty sure he was pro-European Union. But then when he realized that there was obviously money to be made in the position of selling Brexit, he became this Brexiteer. And he, I mean, he was the, I, I want to say he was the Evening Standards correspondent in Brussels. And he was well known for just making shit up. Just making up the most absurd, dumb <laughs> shit in his articles. Like that the European Union was going to pass a law that all bananas had to be straight. Bendy like bananas. That, I know that exactly. from the Stuart Lee special. I didn't get yeah, that yeah. reference, but I laughed at it so that people thought I knew stuff about Europe. hundred percent. hundred percent. Like it's just, it was just, so he, he kind of glommed onto that shit pretty quickly. And I think, um, I think that he basically was willing to play that role. I mean, both as mayor of London and then subsequently as a member of parliament. And I mean, I think that people, I don't know, there was this weird kind of magnetism that he had as kind of like a, a caricature of an upper-class buffoon. But uh, he, he timed it right, I guess I would say, because if you look at how the, the, the Brexit campaign went and then how the 2019 general election campaign went, I mean, it was just, he was just a bumbling idiot. But ultimately, it comes down to, there's another big thing that I think I haven't mentioned is that Britain has uniformly right-wing media. Like, yeah. this will make you guys fucking cringe. Uh, I cannot tell you how many people I know, both from online and in real life, who were glued to their televisions watching the U.S. election coverage this past week, and they were like, oh my God, American television is so good. It's so much better. The news is incredible. Like, they don't interrupt people. It's not insane lunatics just yelling conspiracy theories. <laughs> they actually cut stuff off. Like, it's so professional and restrained. Like, wow, if only we could have TV like this. And it's just like, well, on one hand, y'all don't know what the fuck you're saying. But on the other hand, yeah, compared to British TV and British media, that that is a reasonable assumption to come to. Let me just say, I'm a I'm a 30-something-year-old grown man with an encyclopedic knowledge of K-pop. Nothing can make me cringe. <laughs> okay, so that was an assumption. You may continue. Well, <laughs> if, you, if you have an encyclopedic knowledge of K-pop, I'll have you know that when I was in the Army, I was forced to attend a crayon pop concert in Korea because they thought it would look embarrassing if they didn't have enough people in the fucking stands watching. So at age 29, I literally was forced to go stand out there in uniform and watch crayon pop perform the song Jumping and act like I cared. I'll that be was honest, literally that a direct ardor. That generation hadn't quite figured it out yet. Like, <laughs> I respect girls' generation. I, I respect, you know, our, our our ancestors there in K-pop, and we would not be where we are now could we not stand on the shoulders of giants who, in this case, are five foot two, very specific plastic surgery and anorexic. Those giants. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, no, that is that is a rough night. <laughs> so incredibly though yeah the people were coming to the conclusion that american television was was great and i think the reason for that is british media is just so uniformly right-wing i mean legitimately you had uh during a question and answer show for question you know, time the, question time yeah exactly Damn, th this is gonna uh, be like 
the Leo gif where he's pointing at the TV, but it's just any time <laughs> Anytime that I notice a reference from like a Dave Gorman stand-up set, <laughs> I'm going to interrupt and point. I'm sorry. So, sorry so you have the, you literally had the the uh, the deputy leader of the Labor Party, well, the current deputy leader of the Labor Party at the time, a, a, an MP from uh, somewhere I think in, the, in and around Manchester, and she was, I believe, the shadow education secretary, but I can't I can't remember. Long story short, her name's Angela Rayner, and she was on TV and. She was answering questions like a normal person would, and the 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 host of the show, whose name is Emma Barnett, interrupted her and asked her like, "Would you nationalize sausages?" And she was just like, <laughs> "What? No, what?" And she tried to spin it some question about like nationalizing a food program. She's like, "No, what are you talking about?" And it's just like that's the kind of questions she was getting asked, and also the woman asking the question. Famously, the reason why she was able to afford to go to a fancy school and develop the fancy accent she had is that her parents were sex traffickers and ran a brothel in Manchester. And everyone just pretends to not know this. So, I mean, that's the state of British media. Like, guys, a complete fucking cesspit. At this point, the Labour Party, or uh, whatever is the left wing, we'll talk about Labour more in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But wh- whoever is, like, remotely uh, progressive or leftist in the UK that's left, you should go full Bill Parcells with the media. Treat them like the fucking dogs they are. Like, if they're going to ask bullshit questions like that, just absolutely shame them at every opportunity. It is cool that you have, like, royals that run brothels and shit. Like, <laughs> o- over here, over here, our leaders, like, you know, in a libidinal, metaphorical way, uh, want to, like, fuck pigs, you know, in, like, a bootlicker sense. But over there, your leaders literally fuck pigs right yeah in order to get into the fraternity that they would need to be in to get into the you know a senior role in the conservative party at such a young age they have to have fucked a pig at you know oxford or whatever i'm not making that up right like I, no 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 they, they famously it came david out cameron I say, fucked a pig. david cameron that wasn't from black mirror that was real no that was real in 2015 it came out that he was a member of some secret society at oxford and apparently part of their initiation right was sticking their dicks in the mouth of a pig the dead pig, not a live pig. I mean, I, I presume that there's a danger involved in sticking your dick in a pig's mouth if the pig's alive. But yes, David Cameron fucked a pig. God, just be normal like American presidents that go to <laughs> Yale, join Skull and Bones, and jerk Get off on camera on. over yeah, exactly. Geronimo's bones. <laughs> we have, we've had three presidents do that. I'm still amazed that, like, that Boris managed to pull this off. Because I really thought with Brexit... Like, it, yes, he was behind it, and I remember him being a huge part of it, and it made it happen. But I remember right after Brexit, he tried to, like, vanish back into the woodwork really quickly, where he's like, I don't want to run for prime minister. I, I like, I, I guess now it looks like he was just brilliant, but at the time he vanished. I remember even there was, like, a, a joke of someone put up a video of him basically, like, doing a, ooh, shit, this thing happened speech, saying, like, blonde fucks entire nation on Pornhub. <laughs> I mean, he, he, none of them expected it to actually happen. Let me uh, uh, just, I'm going to throw some structure here so, uh, so I, I can understand. So we have Eaton educated Rush Limbaugh who posts Winston Churchill memes on Reddit, Boris Johnson. Yes. He's, he is not the prime minister yet, but he is now. Right? He is now. He, Theresa he, May is, is the prime minister, and this idea comes up that Britain should leave the European Union, which is Brussels. No. Uh, Help help me with this. How do we get to UKIP and Nigel Farage and... um, So UKIP and like Eurosceptic shit has been around since the 90s, maybe even earlier than that. 
but like the sort of organized anti-common market stuff has been around since the 90s. Um, what really changed was, well, honestly, what really changed was Facebook. But also in 2010, when the Lib Dems and the conservatives went into coalition, they then basically started just hacking the welfare state to pieces. The best way I could describe it is like, look at how, what happened under Reagan, but imagine there was four times more welfare state to cut, and they cut it to the same degree. Like, Britain did not have the most generous benefit system in the world by any means, but it's so much worse now than it was 10 years ago. And so you have this decade of complete decline. You know, the only country in the European Union with worse wage growth than Britain since 2010 is Greece. Don't say Poland. Yes! <laughs> I was like, don't say Poland. No, don't Poland's doing Pol Poland's doing quite well. I mean, We're it might be a right, right, right wing. It's a right wing shithole, but like their economy is actually doing <laughs> quite well. Yeah, um, you could buy as many fucking goats as you want. That you can't say, be gay, but you no, can exactly. own goats. So that's you know, the good you news is good if, you, if you fuck the goats, you don't have to worry about getting them an abortion, which you can't do anymore. Yeah, that's there is also some like you know physiology involved that I don't understand. You can actually get a degree in that physiology in Poland. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, I have my master's in goat fucking. The, the degree when you get the certificate, there are no vowels on it whatsoever. The you like it that, that way. <laughs> Keeps the Germans from figuring out what we're doing. <laughs> God, I, just as an aside, one time I tried Duolingo fucking Polish, and I was just like, yeah, this is not happening. Tell, like, I'm, I'm supporting Alice in her quest to become a, a, a Polish weeb, but my God, is that a lot of effort for almost no reward? Yeah. My, my wife actually was interviewing for, uh, she got notified the, the, uh, for a technical writer job, but it was going to be based in Warsaw. And I was like, yeah, no. She was like, no, don't worry. I don't want it either. Uh, <laughs> But the thing I was going to say was basically, so you have this situation where in, in the backdrop of austerity and, you know, cuts to all of the social spending and cuts to government budgets and, you know, like local governments have seen something like 60, 70 percent cuts in real terms since 2010. So obviously all this quality of life shit is getting worse. And then you obviously have the advent of Facebook and Facebook groups and secret groups and all the kind of shit that's just the right wing disinformation machine that we're all familiar with that really started to take hold, you know, in the early 2010s. Mm -hmm. And so Farage and his whole thing, Farage was a former investment banker. He had run for parliament like four or five times, never been elected. Uh, famously in 2015, I think it was, it may have been earlier, he went around flying a, like a small plane with a banner on it to say vote UKIP and he wound up crashing the plane and barely surviving. My um, favorite image. Oh That's yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. dope. I, it, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, anytime you go to the beach, there's just perpetually like five or six planes just flying over the, the oil tankers coming into Port Everglades. It's just a, a mess. Don't go to Fort Lauderdale. Uh, I'm, but, just, I'm just envisioning like what kind of crazy ass, like would it be QAnon banners now that people are flying? Because I mean, I can remember that <laughs> stuff from years and years ago, but yeah, I never, I never insane. thought it was always just like, you know, refinance your third jet ski type banners. <laughs> I never thought, I never looked up at that and went, you know what? Those could be political slogans, but that somehow is the most British thing on earth. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so Cameron was the prime minister in 2010 when they went into coalition with the Lib Dems. In he's 2015, the guy that fucked the pig. He's the guy who fucked the pig. In 2015, Labor was polling really well under uh, Ed Miliband, and it looked like they were going to win. And then there was he a big shot. He doesn't know how to eat a sausage roll. He, he can't eat know a how sausage to, roll. He, he doesn't know how to eat a bacon sandwich. And, of course, him being Jewish, <laughs> you know what that means. He's going to fucking ruin everything. So, yeah, um... 
Miliband and Labor lost. Uh, the conservatives won, and they didn't need the Lib Dems anymore. So they basically were just the conservative party from 2015 on. And one of their campaign promises was, if we win, you know, if we retain the the the, the premiership, we will have a referendum on Brexit. And uh, so they did. And obviously, in 2016, they the the UK voted to leave the European Union. Now, this wasn't like a legally binding referendum, but you know, it it, it that doesn't really matter. In British politics, it became this like third rail, um, and so Cameron, being humiliated, resigned the next day, and Theresa May took over. And May, of course, given how close the vote was, had a mandate to uh, probably do the softest of soft Brexits, like Norway-style Brexit. But instead, she tried to entrench and just go full right-wing, just fucking brain death. And that's where we're at now, where basically. With Biden having won, it's possible they'll have to back off and actually get an EU trade deal because they won't be getting a sweet, you know, fucking burn it all down US UK free trade deal, free trade deal. But we're all just sort of at the point assuming that we're just going to get no deal hard Brexit at, in January because I mean, ultimately the deadline runs out on December thirty first. So that is that is sort of a, a funny outcome that. I mean, obviously, it's funny in the way anything's funny now. It it, it undergirds immense human suffering. Yeah. Yeah. The, the fact that they went all in for Brexit and went, well, you know what? We'll have the conservative United States. Uh, we'll, we'll get our own bilateral trade deal, and then it'll all be okay. And Nigel Farage is hanging out in D.C. circles with Stephen Miller, and then we got uh, Biden, who is still conservative, but in like the neoliberal global economy sort of sense, who yeah, exactly. I assume is, is, uh, much more pro Brussels. He's also extremely pro good Friday agreement and no hard border on, on the Island of Ireland. So the whole part and parcel of the U UK's plans with Brexit was to be like, no, fuck it. We're going to have a hard border on Ireland. Uh, so now obviously Biden, who, from what I can tell, doesn't like England very much, is uh is gonna be is the, is the president which i mean cool so yes there is a certain funny kind of silver lining in that regard that they are really hung up on this atlanticist project of you know sort of taking britain out of europe and making it more like america and uh part of that involves having to basically destabilize ireland and now you have an irish catholic american president who's like i fucking hate england that's actually kind of cool I, I appreciate that somehow for all that the uk is incredibly fucked up uh, and as evil as the conservatives are, even in the UK, they actually do the thing the base wants them to do. Uh -huh. They're like, 100%. hey, we told you we do this insane psycho shit. It's probably not a good idea, but you want it, we'll do it. And then they actually do it. Like, yeah, it it's incredible. It, like, I, I don't know why only right wing psychopaths get the things they want from their politicians, but they do. It is nuts, isn't it? Yeah, that like you know, <laughs> the U.S. are like, oh, not this year. We can't, we can't give anybody health care. No, 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 surely not. We need to just pass another spending bill that increases the Pentagon budget to at least a trillion dollars. But then, yeah, when right wing <laughs> people get in charge, they're like, not only are you getting a tax cut, but we're literally going to build a huge obelisk to why racism is good. That's what you wanted, and that's what you're going to get. Like, it's my wild argument to me. is if if you're one of those people on the left that like thinks every soldier is an imperialist and they hate the military, then you, you should actually be rooting for more F-35 purchases. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Fewer people, will, fewer people will want to become Osprey pilots and F-35 pilots if they continue building them and then the pilots are forced to wear what basically amounts to like a helmet run by Siri that doesn't actually let you see out of it unless the camera's working.
I love I'm not Osprey joking. So much. Oh yeah, Ospreys. Was... Ospreys are amazing too. Yeah, the elevator of death or whatever. Every time I had a forecast for them, I would joke about how they crash all the time, and then one immediately crashed. I like the F-35 ejector seat just decapitates <laughs> you if you're taller than six foot. <laughs> I remember seeing a picture of people uh, fast roping out of a uh, out of a, an Osprey that was hovering, and like you could tell from the demeanor of the people just getting off the rope that it was not fun at all. And someone, <laughs> someone described it to me. They're like, yeah, it's genuinely like if you, as a joke, mounted a jet engine on a helicopter and had it blast people down the rope. It's like the most unsafe thing you can think of. And it's like, <laughs> but hey... But whoever it is that runs all of the weird Marine Corps lobbying shit that seems to be super good at their jobs, they really wanted the, the cool Transformer plane, so we got them. It does incentivize uh, Marines to get out the door and on the ground because literally anywhere is safer than the fucking V-22 <laughs> Osprey uh, whatever passenger compartment. That is oh, yeah. the through line here for people who don't know anything about the military. All of these boondoggles are because the Marines have a hard-on for Transformer jets that do vertical takeoff. That's all it is. Every All the dumbest fucking decisions come because the smallest branch has the most outsized influence well, when yeah, it comes to fucking getting it, shit. It's because the smallest branch of the military, like, yeah, there might not be that many Marines, but easily one quarter of all Marines goes on to become Republican politicians and or defense yes. lobbyists. So we just, <laughs> we just live in their wake for some reason. Well, yeah, I mean, um, you're right, though. Right-wingers seem to give their base what they want, and, and when we can't really say what left-wingers, because the only people who seem to be getting elected on notionally left parties are basically conservatives. They never give you what they say they're going to give you. They, or they ne recently, they're just like, no, we won't even tell you we'll give you that. Vote for us because fuck you. And uh, thus, the most recent American election. But um, so... One of the consequences of Britain joining the European Union and then joining the Schengen Agreement, um, or rather, I, I probably have this wrong, that Britain isn't in the Schengen zone. You have to show your passport to come to Britain. But if you're a citizen of an EU country, you can live in Britain with just your EU passport. So one of the, one of the consequences of that is there has been a lot of EU immigration. Now, it's not, it's not massive compared to other, like it, it, Britain's a country of, 67 million people, I think. And I want to say there's something like a million Polish people, and they are the largest group of EU immigrants by an order yeah, of magnitude. It fucking owns. So, so it there, there hey, are, by the way, you're welcome for the Battle of uh, Britain, English people. Just yeah, saying. If you if you you want to go back to the day when you couldn't buy delicious smoked sausages at every single corner shop in this fucking country, then fine, kick all the Polish people out. But you know what? Like, Native British food kind of sucks, so you might as well just appreciate a good new thing when you get it. My I'm understanding is the, the average British citizen's boiler explodes four times a day, so <laughs> you're going to need those Polish people in there. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so basically you have a, a significant population of Eastern Europeans, and this has become a huge culture war thing that, like, you know, England for the English, blah, blah, blah. But, like, it's weird to me because, obviously, like, I'm used to American racism, and I've, I've never experienced... This is sort of like a pre-World War II, pre-Civil Rights Movement American racism where, like, they're really racist against other white people who are also Christian. Like, it's the strangest <laughs> thing. But they're like, I'm fucking sick of all these white Catholics moving to Britain. Like, it's, it's wild, but they absolutely are. And um, so that's part of the whole thing with, with uh, Brexit was, you know, this argument that we're going we're gonna to kick all the Polish people out. Um, I saw some graffiti that said, uh, Poles out. And then in parentheses under, it said, uh, leave your women, which, buddy, 
If you think Brexit is a poorly thought out idea, <laughs> I'm not sure Polish wives are going to solve your problems. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a situation where... Unless your problem is that someone overcharged you for a, a bacon sandwich, they'll fucking go to <laughs> war on that shit. But, you know, the rest of it, I don't know. If you look at why does this stuff have traction, well, I think it's because people blame... A, they would they reflexively blame immigrants for what the government is doing via austerity. And yeah. then B, you also have this nightmare right-wing disinformation machine in this country that's, you know, like I said, all establishment media is right-wing, all the tabloids are right-wing, the news is right-wing, even the BBC is extremely right-wing. Like, you sound, you start to sound like a crazy person. Like, when I told you the story about Emma Barnett and the whole would you nationalize sausages, I mean, that's not even the worst. There was a thing, Boris Johnson showed up on Remembrance Sunday, Sunday drunk off his fucking ass, and put a wreath upside down on the cenotaph. And so the BBC rolled footage from 2016 and just didn't, just pretended it never happened. Why, <laughs> why is that? Is this one of those things where, like, everybody went to the same boarding school that Richard Dawkins did? Yes. And right, also, that, also that's sort of what I imagine. It, so. it, it, it's all, it's all, it's all class. It's all class solidarity. But then also, but also in 2017, they never in a million years thought Corbyn would do well. And so in 2019, they were like, oh yeah, all bets are off now. Like we are, we are gonna fucking put our thumb on the scale. And like, yeah, it was. You, you thought you were going crazy. You sounded like a like a QAnon person. But those the stuff that was happening that you'd watch on TV, you'd be like, I know that's not what actually happened. Like if you followed reporting, you even read reporting in like say the Guardian or something, or you followed report. You knew that this was not the case, but what was being shown to millions of people on national TV was just, just not outright fabrications, but like had been so selectively edited that y you were just like, this is this is madness. Like these people are getting a completely different story than what happened. Okay, so before we we move to our next phase here, I just want to make sure everybody understands the story so far, um, and that is that the Lib Dems, who are sort of like a left spoiler party within the British system, and the Tories, who are the Conservatives. Were in government together post 08. And they were channeling Reagan and slashing pretty much all the social programs they could, right? Just, just nuking the social safety net across the board. And as a result of these massive austerity cuts and the rise of Facebook disinfo campaign stuff at the same time, people start blaming immigrants and your skepticism starts to become a thing. The main push for your, the Eurosceptic stuff within politics is coming from this far-right party called UKIP, which is helmed by that plane crash guy we mentioned before, Nigel Farage. They get popular enough that the, the conservatives, the Tories, say like, all right, well, let's nip this whole right-wing party thing in the bud because we don't want the far-right moving in our territory. So they they say like, you know, if you reelect us so that we still control the premiership, we'll uh, we'll give you what you want. We'll let you vote on a Brexit. And so the conservatives win, and they've win full out, so they no longer have to roll with the, the Lib Dems. The Lib Dems are gone. So the Tories, the conservatives, now that they've won their election, their leader at this point is David Cameron, the pig fucker. He says, like, all right, we'll, we'll give you the thing. So we're going to go ahead and call a referendum on Brexit. And so there's a whole campaign on the Brexit side. Nigel Farage, the UKIP guy, is driving a bus around, claiming that they're sending massive amounts of money out to the EU, and instead it could go to the healthcare system, which is bullshit. At the same time, the, the ruffled hair psychopath, Boris Johnson, is uh, he's part of the Tories, but he's also pushing pretty hard for Brexit, so he's also campaigning for it. Brexit, of course, passes. It wins. Um, 
which is not what the conservative party at large wanted to happen. So conservatives are still in charge of the government. Uh, but the guy at the top resigns because like they didn't expect the Brexit thing to pass. And now Theresa May takes over for the conservatives. She's, she's prime minister and she's pushing for the most right wing possible version of Brexit. And it's with this setup that now Jeremy Corbyn and the Labour Party come onto the scene. So in 2015, uh, Miliband loses. And so there's a leadership campaign in Labour, like a leadership challenge or contest to pick the next leader. Corbyn gets on the ballot more as sort of like a, it's kind of like a gesture towards the left of the party, but like, see, you can have your 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 weird leftist vegetarian guy on the ballot. No one's going to vote for him, but we're going to put him on just to show that we're nice and we care about the left of the party, not actually. And then they put up three very, very boring, useless candidates to go against him. And like Corbyn just starts knocking it out of the park because, I mean, he's he, he is who he is, but he's... He's not like your garden variety, you know, focus grouped politician. Like he'll answer questions straight up and his positions were really popular. And so they all started losing their minds. And then by September of 2015, Corbyn won the leadership challenge or the leadership contest, became the Labour Party leader. In 2016, when the Brexit referendum happened and Brexit won, Cameron stood down and Theresa May was chosen by the Conservative Party to be the next prime minister because although they hadn't called an election, so under normal circumstances, they would have called an election, but because of the Fixed-Term Parliaments Act, they didn't have to call an election if, if they didn't want to vote for one. And they had the overall majority in, in Parliament, so they had no reason to vote for it. But anyway, so Corbyn, Corbyn, his polling, weirdly, his polling was fine, but then like as they kept doing more and more smears about him and more and more bullshit, and all the news coverage was just so uniformly negative, um, it started, he started to sink in the polls, and... Um, in 2016, there were two parliamentary seats that Labor had held that had like the, the MPs had either like died or resigned or something, and they had to have by-elections. And the the whole party was basically pulling for Corbyn to lose both so they could kick him out. He wound up they wound up losing one and winning the other. But uh, that's usually tough. The or those those uh, by-elections in terms of finding candidates that will uh, cuff their jeans. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the thing there's about not that many of them. Well, the, 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 the thing the thing that gets me about it is basically. Everyone thought because of the polls and because of, of the uniformly negative coverage that Corbyn was going to do very poorly. But in 2017, when they ran, May called a general election because the polls basically made her think she was going to win like an absurd, like mathematically impossible number of seats because uh, Labor was down like 25 points in the polls. And so they called an election in June. It was for June 2017. And... Uh, May did very poorly on the campaign trail. Their manifesto was garbage. The, the, their big platform for the conservative party was that, like, basically they were going to pay for in-home social care by forcing you to sell your house. Like, the, basically, if you if you were <laughs> old and you needed in-home social care and your house was worth more than $100,000, the government would force you to take out a lien on your home or, like, to reverse mortgage your home. Like, it was wild. So, That's crazy. Uh, in 10 years in America, uh, you're going to be in a company town in your Amazon unit and there's going to be a prime hospice care person that's going to gently whisk you away to the grave. So maybe not that crazy. So, uh, so what wound up happening was labor started climbing up further and further in the polls. And like, we were like, wait a minute, there's like serious momentum behind labor. And when they finally voted, um, labor didn't win, but they gained seats. So all of the right wingers in the labor party were hoping this was a chance to get rid of Corbin. And instead he did incredibly well and so it was a hung parliament. So there was no overall majority. But the conservatives went into coalition with the furthest right party in the, the entirety of the United Kingdom, the Democratic Unionist Party, basically like 
an insane right wing party from Northern DDP. Ireland. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say they're they're the ones that uh, hang Confederate flags in their clubhouses for they apparently yeah. no reason <laughs> other than to go like swastikas are a bit strong, but I think this is towing the line. Well, right? we're, weirdly, it's actually worse than that in a way, if you will, because the reason why they do that is because they are very proud of the fact that a ton of the Confederacy's leaders were from Northern Ireland originally. <laughs> because Northern Ireland is sort of the plantation yes. racism model, the first version of it. I guess you could say, I mean, it happened in around the same time as colonization of the, of the Americas. But yeah, Britain colonized Northern Ireland and created the same model there with Irish people as they did, you know, in places like Jamaica or in, in, um, in the United States and Canada. So anyway, um, Labour pulled very well against the Tories after the election. I think if the election had been like one week later, Corbyn probably would have won outright. Like it was the moment, momentum was in his favor. But then, um, well, what can you say? They, uh, they, they drummed up all these charges of Jeremy Corbyn being an anti-Semite um, based on a lot of spurious shit that I can go into if you want. I would, I would, I'm kind of curious because my understanding of Corbyn goes from, I think the period you're describing is when um, like now everybody says the word cope. That was the the boy phase of online discourse, right? Yeah, yeah, Where the absolute like, boy, yeah, yeah. The yeah. absolute boy and all that. And, and it seemed like he had some real momentum and he had a uh, rise like lions, something slumber. I don't know poems, but it was fairly <laughs> yeah. inspiring. But then it turns out, uh, I read this in The the Guardian, he, he lined up uh, every member of Hamas in the House of Lords and kissed them all in the mouth <laughs> passionately. Like, which, and that wasn't the problem so much. We're woke society. It's just that he, he took his time and, and, you know, we really had business to attend to. Yeah, exactly. He's, he was rude about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just say, before we do more Corbin, I think it's, so at this point, we're past 2016. So we've elected Trump. Corbin went up, right? Yeah, I mean, they it was as, as they basically said. So Corbyn was the labor leader starting in the end of 2015. Uh, they tried to depose him in 2016 because they said he hadn't campaigned hard enough against Brexit. Um, he won the leadership challenge by an even larger margin than he won the initial leadership contest. Um, so obviously, like, 100 and something, like 170-something MPs from the Labor Party basically signed on to try to kick him out, to, to kick him out of the leadership. So needless to say, like, he was getting stabbed in the back the entire time he's just british bernie then right yeah yeah and, and his thing is and i think that in a lot of ways what happened to corbin is a pretty good indication of what the democrats would have done to bernie if he had won the uh the primary oh, for sure it is interesting to me though that the 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 plot line mimics what happened in america where you got to 08 and the recession is so fucking bad that that is really the kickoff for a lot of right-wing shit is because you finally tank the economy, the whole like 90s, early 2000s wave on top of the Iraq war stuff for both of our countries. Uh, you, you, you land that plane into the middle of a fucking terrible financial crisis where it's 100% the fault of rich bankers that mm -hmm. we all got fucked. Like it's 100% finance assholes who caused the economy to crash and nothing happens to them. Yep. And then all of the outcomes from that where no regular people get taken care of and more money is shoveled to the conservatives happens at the same time that a massive new ability to do disinformation shows up. Yep. And it has just like completely broken the minds of both countries. Yeah. And also in, in Britain, you have this, this huge undercurrent of racism against uh, primarily against South Asian people, against Muslims. 
Um, you know, you've got like there's so much of sort of like anti-Islam shit, and you know, like anti-foreigner, anti-EU, anti-Islam, like anti-immigration. It's just it's a very very strange phenomenon, and obviously like Facebook, like Facebook boomer pages for uh, in, in the UK are perhaps even more deranged. I mean, so many of them are just like this weird kind of like imagined nostalgia for a better time. And it'll literally be things like, do you remember when the bin men were proper hard or something like that? Or it's just like, apparently the, <laughs> apparently trash men nowadays are fucking pussies. And back in the olden days, <laughs> the trash men were like, they were, they, they, they were, they, they were proper geezers and they would fucking knock you over. And so like, it's weird. They're like, they're it literally is, is one step removed from remember when there was lead in the gasoline. Like that's the level of of derangement. I mean, when you pull like, there's this gets talked about a lot by a lot of smug libs. But when you do polling of groups that are really pro Brexit, like strongly favor Brexit, like their big priorities are like get rid of compact fluorescent light bulbs and replace them with you know tungsten light bulbs and bring back the death penalty. Like that's that the happens. level of 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 crazy you're dealing with. So in Jeremy Corbyn's case, um. Well, the big smears against him before the anti-Semitism thing started was that he was uh, he was an IRA sympathizer, and I mean, to hear it in his own words, he basically said that he was absolutely involved in dialogue with Sinn Fein and with you know the political wing of the IRA because his take was the British military was pursuing a military solution in Northern Ireland and everyone knew it wasn't going to work and we wanted peace and part of that was talking to the parties involved. Nothing particularly you know salacious there, but obviously like. So you think veterans are insanely right-wing in America. Like, here, it's unreal. Like, basically, it feels like sometimes you can count on one hand the number of left-wing veterans you'll actually meet here. Like, it's so uniformly right-wing. Like, they're they're better at right-wing indoctrination in Britain, I think, than um, than America is. And maybe it's because, like, America has this weird undercurrent of optimism, which is just not a thing that exists here. <laughs> but we also, like, our monoculture, it, it's still hilarious to me that, like, we finally broke the monoculture, and then once we broke it open, we realized how much work it was doing at keeping boomers from murdering all of us. <laughs> like, the minute they were released, like, that really was a Pandora's box. <laughs> As the monoculture breaks open, and you're like, holy shit, I didn't realize the old white guys who were definitely doing sex crimes on TV, were. this is what they were holding back. This is what the letters to the editor department were dealing with this entire time. I mean, the thing, the thing, the thing that gets me about it, so... <sighs> In 2017, they tried pretty hard, but what happened basically was in 2018, this big scandal emerged, and I'm telling you because this is really stupid, that there was an artist who had painted a mural that basically was like uh, some dumb New World Order shit, and like, let's be honest, there was some stuff in there that was kind of anti-Semitic tropes. It wasn't Nazi shit, but it was like, it was not good, we'll put it that way. Judge this one for me. Is it more or less anti-Semitic than the way uh, Harry Potter has its goblins designed? It's about the same. I mean, it was basically like it's like a a, a part of the mural is like a big pyramid with an eye. And then the other part of the mural is like a table of like sort of banker figures, some of whom are extremely hook nosed. And the table is being suspended by like poor starving people. Uh, like, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so, like, like pretty clearly fucked up, but but uh, it's, but it not wasn't, it quite wasn't, like it, it wasn't it wasn't Nazi shit. It was just more like yeah, yeah. And basically, the artist had posted on Facebook saying, "Hey, this is you know this is my my mural, but they've decided they don't like it and they think it's racist, so they're going to destroy it." And in the comment section from like 2011 was a comment from Jeremy <laughs> Corbyn MP saying, "That's a shame. You know, I don't understand why they censor things like back in the Spanish Civil War. Famously, murals you used to get destroyed by right wingers all the time. It was completely anodyne." 
But people took That's that amazing. comment to be like, this man is an anti-Semite. He wants to reopen Auschwitz. Like, literally, a guy went on the fucking radio and said Jeremy Corbyn wants to reopen Auschwitz and was more or less unchallenged. <laughs> I had heard a little bit about this mural. I thought he literally stood next to it and nope. said nice things by the description nope. of it. I didn't realize it was a nope. fucking Facebook, Facebook comment. comment. A Facebook comment that some fucking troll dug up that he made when he was in 2011 when he was just the MP from Islington North. Like, another one was there, like, he laid a wreath at Hamas killers' graves. He was at a uh, wreath-laying ceremony in, I think, 2003 to commemorate the victims of, I think it was Black Friday. Basically, a PLO headquarters in Tunis, Tunisia, was bombed by the Israeli military, and a bunch of the people that were killed were not combatants. Anyway, he was there, and he put a wreath, and somebody had basically determined that in that same graveyard, there might have been people buried who committed the Munich attack, which then in the British media got turned into, <laughs> he laid a wreath for the killers at Munich. Like, unbelievably dumb shit. What I never understood about that stuff is, like, isn't there some cognitive dissonance that, like, he, he's, like, a leftist pussy that, that wants to take away the bin men's ability to call you a gay lord like they used to? <laughs> but also... He's, he has a set of enormous balls such that he spent his entire career just going like, oh, what's this? Uh, the Hamas graveyard? Give me a wreath. I want to lay it on the fucking Munich terrorist <laughs> grave. <laughs> like, like, really, he's just constantly going around just doing outrageous things with no concern for his career. He's just uh, uh, fucking smoking a cigarette and going like, who can I piss off today? Which one is it? Is he the fucking train-loving vegan, or is he, like, the Johnny Rotten of politics? Is he the Gigi Allen of social democracy? <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing, right, is that if you want to make, if you actually wanted to make a good faith criticism, it's a couple of things. Like, he was involved in the Stop the War Coalition, and a lot of the figures from that have gone on to say some really fucked up shit, and, like, they are all of the same sort of age and generation. Like, and so if you look at figures like people like Ken Livingstone or George Galloway, like, they've gone on to say and do really fucked up shit, and basically basically just like break their brains open against the fucking walls of Israel. Like they just lose their minds about Israel and say really fucked up stupid shit. So like, but that's really just guilt by association. No one has ever been able to find anything that was like super, um, super incriminating. It's always been this guilt by association shit and they have to make up the most absurd stories. Um, you know, and, and British media runs with it. And I always made the point that if British people actually believed that Jeremy Corbyn was racist and anti-Semitic, they would have elected him with the largest majority in human history. Yeah. Like, but the thing about it is, is that when you get down to it, and there, there's been some focus grouping and some research that's shown this, most white British people, when they hear anti-Semitic, they think, oh, that means he loves Muslims too much. He wants to do Sharia law. Ultimately... If I had to put my finger on anything, <laughs> one of the reasons why people freaked out so much about Corbyn like, was that he was he just treated Muslims like regular citizens. He's not Islamophobic. Uh, that's incredible, by the way, that it's not the being against Jews that's the problem. It's that he it, it implies that he might be allying with the Muslims. A hundred percent. It's just they're like <laughs> it's not the anti-Semitism that bothers me. It's the possibility that he's not racist, that fucker. Uh, yeah, yeah, hundred a hundred fucking percent, man. That's what it comes down to. And I'm telling you, because I mean, you probably see me post this. I'm Jewish and I hear this shit and people would tell me shit all the time yes. about like fucking, uh, there was an article in the Times written by some Australian Catholic guy who literally was fantasizing about a scenario where like the libs would be owned in shame when Israel had to send military flights to evacuate British Jews from Corbin's thugs and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? Like, it's just, 
who was the talking head guy on TV who freaked out about Bernie winning Nevada and was like Chris Matthews. Chris right? Matthews. Central yeah, Park. Like, They're gonna kill us in Central Park. Like it was that all day, every day, more or less for five years. But since 2017, like the dial was turned up even further, and it just made you go crazy after a while because you realized like you were up against both the right wing disinformation machine and all the dark money, and then just like state media and legacy media and they just were all running with it i mean boris johnson wrote a book where one of the characters is like a jewish guy named sammy Katz with a hooked nose and, and he's described as snake-like eyes who basically controls elections through disinformation i mean like he also <laughs> in the book like basically all of the libs are proven to be idiots it's a novel all the libs are proven to be idiots because they aren't racist enough towards muslims like it's unbelievable this and is like it's like the Bernie thing where they started trotting out the like Bernie's actually super anti-Semitic and he's against Jews and <laughs> all of his supporters are brown shirts. And it's like Joe Biden literally used the term Shylocks to describe Jewish bankers. <laughs> like, Jewish. Sh shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, it's just, oh, my fucking God. Yeah. I mean, well, I know I remember they tried like a like <laughs> Democrats against anti-Semitism account in the same model as the dumb. Basically, they they basically created uh, like Gamergate for anti-Semitism. And have just run it into the ground. They tried it with 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 Sanders, and I remember the very first thing when they started their account, people realized right off the bat that like they had all their date formats wrong. That clearly all these tweets were written by people who weren't American, and it was just <laughs> it was the same stupid shit. Yeah, like and and nobody 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 bought off on it. But I mean, I just recent. So basically, the the thing in the news recently was that. Um, they got the Equalities and Human Rights Commission to do a report into allegations of anti-Semitism in labor and how they handled it. And the report was relatively anodyne. I mean, like, basically, Corbyn was under a huge amount of pressure to intervene to suspend Ken Livingstone for being anti-Semitic. And then in the report, he gets dinged for political intervention in that same case. So it's sort of like a damned if you do, damned if you don't thing. But the, the report wasn't really all that. It was more like, here are things they should improve. And the big takeaway from the story was... The reason why their processes got better in 2018 was because they fired the old general secretary who was a Blairite who literally made it his job to try to kick people out of the party for being too left wing. So they were letting like literal Holocaust deniers stay in the party because they were too busy investigating. Like this person might have might have gone to a Green Party rally in 2007. We need to kick them out of the party. Like I'm not joking. Yeah, and um, Tony Tony Blair is the the Obama of the the Labor Party. Uh worse than Obama by far. More of a George W. Yeah, right? yeah, I'd say I'd say and he's he's very he's he's like he's more like um in between Clinton and George W, I would say. Okay. Um I was just going by young and like uh like great order and great hope that just totally fucked everybody. Yeah, I mean there's that, but I mean in terms of policies he's he's has way more in common with like ending welfare as we know at level Clinton stuff. Oh, okay. Like yeah, they, they, basically they got one of the largest majorities in the history of this country and they just set about doing right-wing shit. Like the reason why Britain doesn't Very have cool. free free university tuition anymore is because of Blair. Like Oh, thanks Tony Blair. I'm telling you like yeah, it's 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 wild. I mean so the report basically turned out like it wasn't that big of a deal in terms of like what it revealed. Like there wasn't any big smoking gun. And um, and then Corbin made a statement saying, you know, I abhor anti-Semitism. I think the allegations that were in, made in the media were exaggerated, but I agree with the report. I accept its findings. And somehow the new leader of the Labor Party, who's also right wing, has decided that that is he has um, he has somehow violated policy, uh, you know, and he has decided to suspend him from the party. And now anybody who's in like a local labor party if you try to speak up and raise a motion in support of corbin they'll suspend you too like a friend a friend of mine literally just got suspended yesterday for that 
<laughs> so basically 2015 they underestimated corbin because like he is like a weird old grandpa who loves trains so it's very yep. easy to assume he'd have no popularity and then because you know the world's collapsing people are like yeah no the idea that we might do something for people sounds great he wins yep uh they they start doing smear campaigns but they don't go that hard because they the they, polling says, yeah, he's fucked. No big yeah, deal. Yeah, they, they aren't really all that successful, and the polls sh- show that he's going to wipe out. So then t- Theresa May calls this election, general election, yep. ways after Brexit. He does shockingly well. Yep. So they turn up the machine yep. uh, to make sure that like he is fully smeared. They do another yep. election. This one recently. This was just this last one. Yeah, I mean, winter. If you it was December 2019, and I mean, like, yeah, they turned up everything. You literally had videos being shared on Snapchat of British Army like paratroopers shooting a portrait of Corbyn at a rifle range. Um, you had like, I mean, just the level of crazy smeared like Photoshop tweets and stuff saying that he was pro IRA, that like he, you know, he he like supports terrorism, just like it's the wildest shit you could imagine. And I mean, like I, I went out canvassing for labor last year. Like I, I, I know off the top of my head of five different incidents in which um, canvassers were physically assaulted and Jesus. mostly by crazy people. I mean, I got a woman charged at me in the door and was screaming and shit at me, but it was, she was just some fat old boomer. But like, you know, like... <laughs> I, look, what's the worst that could happen when uh, media apparatuses around the world are pumping dehumanization into people's political ideology? Yeah. How, I mean, what... what? Well, nothing bad. I mean, the good news is Britain doesn't really have guns because there was a mass shooting at a kindergarten because a pedophile Boy Scout master was told he couldn't be a Boy Scout master anymore, so he went into a kindergarten and shot a bunch of kids, and so they took the guns away. Very, very British story. Uh, but if Britain did have guns still, Jesus Christ, this country would have more mass shootings in America. I mean, flat out. Like, just... I mean, yeah, it's, it's nice they don't have the guns then, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I say, so we, we went we went from that election, then uh, the 2019 one, he stepped down afterwards. Corbin stepped down after that. Election. Yeah, he didn't step down immediately, leadership. but he um, they had a leadership contest uh, that started in the new year, I think. And Keir Starmer won in April and has since just been made it very obvious that all of his overtures towards the left were fake. And he's actually extremely authoritarian. Um, Is he, he w- the guy that Rocky beat at the end of the movie? <laughs> Well, he uh, he has he has great hair. Like the 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 Gen X almost boomers love. They think he's just because he's got a fancy accent and he was a he's a knight of the realm and he's a former uh, director of public prosecutions, which is like attorney general basically close to. Uh, he they thought he was just it was everything is in safe hands, but he's actually a very very bumbling politician, and um, they just keep making stupid unforced errors. Um, but the point of this is not to win an election. The point of this is to eliminate the left of the party and make sure that nobody ever gets hopeful ever again. And so in that yeah. regard, I mean, they're, they're being pretty successful. And in between the like, so he, he loses the election, mm-hmm. Keir, t- Keir Stormer, whatever, psychopath takes over. In uh, April, yeah. April. Now Corbyn's completely out of the party as of just like a month ago, basically, right? Yeah, so he stayed an MP. He was, re- he was, he was re-elected as an MP for Islington North, and technically he's still the MP, but they, okay. su- they suspended him, yeah, like a month ago, so basically he no longer, until he is reinstated, if he is reinstated, like if they had another election, he wouldn't be able to stand as the Labour candidate. Now, if he want, he's old, he might retire. If he wanted to run again, he could easily run as an independent in Islington and win, because his constituency loves him. He should do that as a fuck you, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it would be great if he did. You know, Corbyn, Cor- Corbyn was elected in, in 1983. He, the, the election I was telling you about where the Lib Dems split off because Michael Foote was doing too well. But Corbyn was elected um, in 83 when Foote lost that election. So long story short, like he was kind of came into the party 
in that radical period in the late 70s, early 80s. Oh, okay. And he's like a holdover from that. But because he's been in a safe seat in Islington for so long, like they can't really get rid of him. Yeah. So he really is the Bernie. Yeah. Where he, 100%. Like Bernie came in ages 100%. ago. He was in a safe, small space that yeah. nobody could fuck with because it's yeah. Vermont. What are you going to do? His middle name right? is literally Bernard. Like, I'm not That's joking. Awesome. I'm not joking, man. And so it's like, I don't. I, I think that they fucked the case in terms of kicking him out. So I feel like if he challenges it in court, he could very easily win. I don't know what's going to happen. But I mean, I think the big point here is that the Blairites, the right wing of the party, they're back in control. And they were embarrassed by the fact that, that they allowed people to have a vote in their leader selection last time. And so they want to make sure that uh, that never happens again and that no one, no one who didn't go to Oxford and get a fucking public policy degree is ever allowed to have any political future ever. And so they're just going to keep running this fucking country into the ground and doing like Joe Kennedy shit. And then they're going to be surprised when diet racism doesn't win over to full flavor racism. I just, I genuinely am curious. I have an impulse, uh, probably just like a, a spiteful, vengeful impulse here to, to meme on labor and just a claim that they are anti-Semitic now and, and there's a Blairite issue with anti-Semitism and just essentially do to the right wing of labor what the media did to the left wing. Uh, is that a bad idea? Like is labor, <laughs> is labor still like, because I've tried to keep up with it and some people are like, I'm embarrassed that I canvassed and, and went this hard. What, what's the guy, Owen something? Owen Jones? Uh, yeah, I think he was saying, like, I'm fucking embarrassed that I, I went out and pushed so hard these candidates that just absolutely stabbed us in the back. But, yep. like, what is there to do? This is the only party option we have. Uh, is that the case? Or is Britain experiencing sort of a mirror of the U.S. where it's like the Democrats do not care about us at all, but a good number of people still believe, like, well, we have to buy in on this. We got to build them up as good as we can because there is no other option. Yeah, I mean, you're in a situation where if you're a right winger in Britain, you just vote for the Tories. There isn't really an established, you know, football racist party anymore. UKIP is a joke. The Brexit party was a, a, a huge scam. So really, when you get down to it, the Tories are just have hegemony on the right wing vote. Whereas the left wing vote, you could notionally vote Labour or Lib Dem or Green Party. Or if you live in Wales, Plaid Camry, which is like a Welsh independence party. And in Scotland, Labour used to dominate Scotland. Now Labour has only one seat left because the Scottish Nationalist Party has um, has basically achieved domination up there. If you're in Scotland, you can vote for the SNP, who are like neoliberal left-ish. Uh, and Scottish Labour is way more conservative than English Labour. If you're in England, you can vote for Labour or the Lib Dems, who are basically Tories, or the Greens, who are basically Tories with bicycles. You know, the, the Tories, the, <laughs> the, the Greens basically made part of their campaign that they were going to ban halal slaughter. Uh, that was like one of their big platforms. So, <laughs> sure, you know, like they're, 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 yeah, you you're fucked. You have to vote for 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 Labour, and your MP is probably you know some Blairite who was appointed 30 years ago or 25 years ago who voted for the Iraq War and thinks that you know poor people need to have an Alexa that spies on them when they sleep. Like it's just it's grim, man. It's really grim. So so in your opinion, is it still the case that we should like be boosters for Labour, or is it okay to just leave and and i think that there's good it doesn't matter this is all happening inside my head just I, like, I, I, I think i think for? that if, if labor if labor wins it's better than the tories being in charge but i think that with this current labor leadership they're gonna just try to do tory light shit it's the same thing with the democrats in america that like you can be happy trump lost and relieved that you know biden's gonna not you know 
tell people to drink bleach, hopefully, and spike the post office so that like, you know, like the post post office depots in Los Angeles will hopefully no longer have like tens of thousands of dead chickens or whatever. But like he still sucks and they're not going to be able to solve the problems facing America, which strongly indicates there's going to be another wave of right wing reaction. It's the same thing here. If there's a labor government, great. That's awesome. But like they're probably going to suck and not do the things that would help mitigate the problems. And then the next wave of insane racism is going to hit. The closest any of us ever came in our lifetimes to having a genuine leftist political candidate win office was 2017. And one thing I didn't mention earlier was that one of the leaked reports that came out of the Labor Party's investigation showed that the Labor Party establishment were diverting money in elections to save seats because they didn't want Corbyn to win. They were running fake Facebook ads that would only target his constituency because they thought he would see them and think that those ads were running nationwide. They had like a slush fund to basically run a shadow team so that like they could counteract the decisions that he made. And they basically wouldn't let people canvas or get canvassing materials and funds in competitive districts because they didn't want them to win. So in the grand scheme of things, if let's say 20, 30,000 people had voted differently or 20, 30,000 more people had voted across these constituencies, labor would have formed a government in 2017. But instead, they, they fucked it. And um, then we really fucked it in 2019 when it was the Brexit election and we just fucking lost it bad. Uh, but good thing there's no ticking time bomb with regard to climate in the world. So I'm sure it'll <laughs> but, be fine. We got we got the bendy bananas. We do. We can have our damn bendy bananas back. Those Eurocrats won't fucking stop me from having my weird phallic snack. I'm glad I'm glad you 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 remembered that bit because I was gonna say there definitely a a little bit of the stuff that I came across the wire for me was the bit where their own party emails and WhatsApps leaked where they intentionally fucked. Yeah. Corbin, yeah they did right like yeah. it's 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 the same thing the dims did to bernie but like then you also got the smoking gun and all the media just went like yeah okay whatever yeah literally like, they're, no they're doing an inquiry <laughs> they're doing an inquiry into the report and the only thing they care about the labor party cares about is how it got leaked to the press they're not doing any what monster got this out there yeah i mean like th- th- there's all this stuff in there about them insulting their own activists calling a, a member of parliament a, like a pube head or something uh, saying that they hope that an activist dies in a fire, like just, you know, just being the most horrible, shitty people on the planet. And the reason why that was all in was because one of them was dumb enough to email his entire WhatsApp history to his own inbox at work. And thus it Amazing. became work property. And yeah, but like yeah. no one cares about that. Like there was hardly any reporting on the contents of the report. It was more like, how dare they leak this? This is improper. It just reminds you that there is total right wing hegemony and, you know, ruling class hegemony in the media. I mean, the the little factoid I'll leave you and your listeners with on this is that media in America is not exactly a egalitarian job or a job that's easy to crack into if you're not rich. But in Britain, you have at least a handy statistic, which is that about 7% of people in the United Kingdom are privately educated. So about 93% of people attend state schools. In media, something like 51% of British journalists are privately educated. So you think about how small of a pool they're drawing from. And, you know, Corbyn was going to raise their taxes. So they had to declare him the worst thing next to Hitler. And uh, the sad thing is it worked because British people are fucking worms. And if anyone is feeling hopeful, that makes them furious and they want to destroy it. So they got what they wanted and they're going to be miserable about getting what they wanted regardless. But uh, 
uh, the closest I think we'll we'll have come in our lifetimes is 2017, and sadly that uh, that slipped away from us. We'll see. I I'm not I'm not ready to give up entirely. I think the traditional methodologies. Yeah, 2017 is the best it's going to get on that front. Same way like the, like the the primary after Bernie win Nevada is probably the closest we're going to get. But I, I mean, like it, it does sound like the UK is in a similar situation in which, regardless of the popularity, regardless of the fact that the youth are very clearly moving oh, a yeah. specific direction, it's hugely, like, hugely so. They're just they're they're all every every ruling class person in both countries is doing their best to keep a lid on like an entire segment of the population that is continuously grows as the old people die and it's like i how long are you going to hold this door and what is the end game here like is the end game you guys just rob us blind the country collapses and you bail like is that how you think this is going to go because sooner or later like we do break through i, I don't know if the gerontocracy is quite as powerful in britain it's worse it it's worse like it's i mean because you have a generation of people who basically grew up with uh, about as generous of welfare benefits and state benefits as you could possibly get and you know they pull the ladder up behind themselves when they were done. And so um, wages are incredibly low here. I mean, like a job that we, I, mean, I realize that it, it depends where you are in America, but I'm, like, I'm from Indianapolis originally. And like a job that would net you, let's say in sort of like a professional services kind of thing, a job that would net you as a starting salary in America, like 50, 55, $60,000 a year as a starting salary, like a college grad, business school grad kind of shit job in Britain, will maybe get you 22, 23,000 pounds a year. Now the current exchange rate wow. is like a dollar thirty to the pound, but London is as expensive as New York, and that that's like London salaries. Like I remember looking at a videography job that required five years of experience and all sorts of shit, and I was like, actually, this is a pretty cool job. I could probably do it. But it was in Bristol. They were gonna pay sixteen thousand pounds a year, and I'm like, <laughs> that's not even enough for me to sponsor my wife's visa. <laughs> like, oh my god. So. Wages are super low. And so you're reaching this crossover point where, like, basically, right about age 45 is like when people would normally start voting Tory. But I mean, it, people, you know, are in that demographic or getting close to that demographic are of this generation who cannot afford homes, who have not ever had really stable jobs. And so, like, you'd like to think that something is going to form out of that. And obviously, young people are even more left wing. As it stands right now, it doesn't look like the vehicle for that happening is going to be the Labor Party. Yeah, it, it seems like they've effectively shut that door entirely. Yeah, funny. The party literally formed of like mine and agricultural workers. The labor party of laborers is now apparently only you're only welcome there if you, you know, are one of the 7% of people who uh, go to private school and go to Oxford or whatever. The other I think like important cross comparison point here is like one, additional parties do not solve the problem. No. Right? Like it's it's that in and of itself is not a a, a solution. Because I know a lot of I have a lot of lib friends who like they think like if only we could just break the two party duopoly and it's like the money will find a way to make it a duopoly regardless yeah uh, especially with first past the post because it yeah. means that like you know inherently a bunch of people's votes end up not mattering if yeah. it's first past the post yeah I mean I voted here um, but it didn't matter in my constituency and like if we had proportional first past the post it's first past the post is the is the uh, there's no runoffs there's no if if not this guy then my vote goes to uh, somebody else like Maine just started doing ranked choice. It means the first person to get past a certain threshold automatically wins the whole thing. Yeah, basically, well, well, basically here in Britain, what it comes down to is the way to form a government is you have to have either a coalition or one party have the majority of seats in parliament, which means you have to win. Let's say if you want an overall majority, you have to win at least 325,000 or 325 seats. There's 650 seats total. But it doesn't matter how many votes you get. It matters how many uh, seats you win. 
So for example, if you win a seat by one, you still win that seat. It doesn't matter if somebody else won a seat by 20,000. So if we had proportional representation, for example, labor would probably do maybe a little better than based on the way things are districted, but the, the conservatives would do way worse because they've basically gerrymandered a lot of shit. But it's sort of like yeah. it's like the House of Representatives. It, it effectively encourages people to vote tactically rather than vote for what they want. But even like a runoff system like the French have, you can start by voting the actual party you want. And if they don't win, then you go yeah. to the, the best of what's left. Yeah. But I think the combo of that, like one, it, it, it proves out the additional parties do not solve the problem. And that the media has such an outsized impact about how bad things are getting. Yeah. Not that I, I necessarily think that they're doing a great job of convincing people below a certain age, but everybody, uh, the that older generation is so locked in, the media can lead them by their nose. 100%. And like, it, we, we, we see it here, too. Like, you were talking about how with Boris, he, he fucked up Aretha Lang, so they just showed old footage and pretended it was modern. And it's like, yeah, uh, Joe Biden gets the nom, and suddenly Tara Reid doesn't exist, and Me Too isn't a thing, and the fact that he has, like, a long, creepy history is just a, a crazy fringe belief that right-wingers say. And it's like, no, that, all of those are, like, factually true, that all yeah, of those things happen. Yeah, like, legitimately happened. fucked up things, yeah. Yeah, he started his campaign with multiple women coming out and saying they were uncomfortable because he would, like, sniff their hair and touch them. But that all, like, it just gets erased because the media has decided that things are going to go a certain way. And I know the UK media is far more deranged thanks to Rupert Murdoch, right? He just bought it all up. Yeah, pretty much everything is a Murdoch front. I mean, all the major tabloids are, most of the broadsheets are. I mean, The Guardian isn't, but The Guardian is like center-right liberal and basically got their pee-pee slapped really hard when they tried to publish the Snowden leaks. So now like, they basically take orders from MI5. <laughs> like, I wish I was joking. <laughs> but literally, MI5 came in, or the, the London Met Police came in, and made them destroy all their hard drives full of like the Snowden stuff they were trying to publish. And they just did it. So that's your left-wing paper in Britain. You know, your left-wing paper that literally libeled a Muslim counselor because uh, one of the anti-Corbyn colonists was convinced that um, this guy you know, who was running for parliament was uh was an anti-semite and what it turned out was there was a guy who had made anti-semitic comments with the same name but he lived in a different city and wasn't the same person and this guy who's probably making two hundred thousand <laughs> pounds a year didn't bother to look it up like that's your left-wing newspaper you know what i mean like the media control is such a huge issue like regardless of country at this point i i do think that seems to be like a huge hurdle for any leftist project of any kind, even outside electoralism, is like you have to figure out a way to make sure that there is enough people not paying attention to these assholes because they're always going to go. They have proven, I think, with Corbyn, and it should be a grave concern if you are in America thinking AOC is going to be the solution. They have proven out what happens if someone is around that they fundamentally oppose anything that they're suggesting. They will full out lie and do whatever they have to in order to kill them. And kill that career so it's like yeah. it, it's it's the the media is a huge stumbling block that like we've got to figure out it's it's this is not a particularly hopeful picture right now but i do think that a lot of folks were saying this uh you know in the primaries like you know based on what we saw with corbin just understand there's going to come a moment where you're going to be watching the tv and you're going to be like i feel like i'm taking crazy pills right now they're just flat out lying and i do feel like folks got to experience that when bernie started winning and when, you yeah. know, Mayor Pete fucking faked out that he had won Iowa or whatever, all that shit. You know what I mean? Like, just all that. Like, they're, they're so obviously an agenda. And um, I don't know, man. Does that make us all sound like fucking right-wing talk radio? Or we're like, the goddamn liberal agenda. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. It absolutely is. 
Like I don't, I don't, I don't give a fuck anymore about being considered like on the fringe because it's so clearly these things are happening. You're no longer going to fucking gaslight me into believing that like Joe Biden's a decent man. I've been following him my whole fucking life. Like shut the fuck up. Yeah, we're, not, we're not playing this game anymore. Stop wasting my time. Because uh, yeah. I was going to say, so like, yeah, they effectively killed Corbin and now we have a plague that everybody has to deal with. And obviously like our government has done fuck all in America. Um, and while the UK has done a terrible job, you were saying earlier, like they, they literally gave out vouchers yep. to encourage people to go eat out, which they should have that for eating pussy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, another thing they did was they, they built a test and trace app that doesn't work, but that somehow costs 12 billion pounds. The corruption shit's been nonstop. But yeah, I mean, like they did do a furlough. They did actually pay employers to keep people employed. Of course, they did it in such a way where they, all of the employers had to get money in loans from banks that were then supplied money through the government. They wouldn't lend directly. Um, so <laughs> there was a lot. Cause, of course. Cause of course, the Tories. I mean, what the fuck do you expect? It, it, it wasn't like I've seen people touting the, 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 fur the, the furlough program as like a thing of like why other countries are doing better than America. And I mean, there are some benefits to it. Don't get me wrong. But it's still absolutely like privatize everything kind of shit. Um, like yeah. they're all it's, of it's better in that they didn't just let people get fired, yeah. which is what, what we America did. Like did. that's a far worse solution, but it doesn't mean it's a good solution. It's just better than nothing, which yeah. is what we. And have. most of what they're doing is fucked up, and most of their response is basically being run through management consultancies, and so they're dumping money into it, but it's not actually <laughs> like, like it's like Deloitte is basically running. The, the, the I used to work for Deloitte, so yes, I saw that. I yeah, saw that. Yeah, I saw that my old company was like just full on lying about no shit. NDA, no NDA. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have to be you have to be hopeful that Boris now has a moonshot idea. I love that it's being termed a moonshot. Of we are going to test everybody with these new tests that work like pregnancy tests, where they give you a result in twenty minutes, even though they're not particularly accurate. And the game plan is we just test everyone, which like uh, writ large, the idea is of we test everyone is good. Uh, doing it on the back of tests that aren't that accurate seems suspect. Well, well, yeah. uh, but that seems to be the game plan now, right? Yeah, test everyone, their vaccines, et cetera. I mean, we're going to see what happens. They're doing a lockdown because it's getting out of control. They made students go back to school to do in-person learning, but then the in-person learning is all through Zoom because the infection rates got so high, but they wanted to be able to <laughs> charge them rent on student residences, and then they locked them in the student residences. And they're, yep. uh, I mean, so it's... Don't ever look at Britain and say, oh, they're doing it better than America. Like, I feel as though that's just absolutely, it's categorically impossible. They're just fucking it up in a different way. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's just been, it's been a rough 12 months if you're a leftist in the United Kingdom, let's be perfectly honest. Yeah. Oh, no, it has. It's been, it's been a rough year for basically everyone. But if you are involved in any sort of left project, it has been demoralizing and then a plague hit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... I don't know what to say, man, but um, that's where we are. So hopefully, hopefully this is informative to your listeners with regard to if anyone dared, you know, look over to the United Kingdom with some kind of fucking rose-tinted vision. I'm here to make sure you stop doing that. <laughs> Fucked up in a different way should be your takeaway here. Yeah, more or less. But um, but thank you for having <laughs> me on, though. It's fun to talk to you guys again. Um, I realize this is a little bit more somber than the last one, but I think like, we've had some decent laughs. We have Eat Out to help out for pussy eating. Uh, we have a couple of good riffs in here. So, I mean, you know... We'll, we'll, I like... Uh I like that you're definitely a, a pro podcaster because <laughs> as soon as you're done, you just, you just, 
you've held in your head like yeah, I, I think our, our laughs per minute were okay, and we hit some topic. Yeah, you know. I'm a management consultant for podcasters, all right? I want to hit my fucking KPIs. We, we got a, we got a yeah. little recursive at, at points, but we can trim the fat and, and just stick to the bullets. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, again, this has been Brad at Relentless Board, Rob and Do- at Dumb and Awful, and we had with us this week Nate at, in these deserts, and you can hear him on What a Hell of a Way to Die, which is a wonderful veterans podcast if you haven't listened, or Trash Future Pod which is just a fantastic podcast in general. Yeah, if you want to hear more about British politics and also about uh, what you might describe as a tech pessimism view of the world, that's what yes. our show does. Yeah, those are both really good shows. Like, you basically don't miss. Uh, I, I love both those shows. Fuck, and, thank you. Uh, Appreciate if it. You're, if you're listening, you probably will, too, listen to that shit. Yeah, they're fantastic. See, I was standing here in fear of the harsh judgment from Rob, so that's actually, that really warms my heart. <laughs> no, you guys are awesome. I don't mind saying that. Yeah, no, you guys do a fantastic job. Both of those are amazing. I was looking at it earlier, and I was just like, "Damn, he's he's got those two. And you start producing uh, the a history one too, right? Yeah, Lions Led by Donkeys. I'm just the producer of that. But that's uh, Joe Kasabian, who runs that show, is also a lefty army veteran. Uh, so it's sort of like a military history podcast, but specifically from the perspective of like a lefty guy who's also pretty anti-war, except if it involves beating the shit out of Azerbaijan when they're attacking Nagorno-Karabakh, because he is obviously Armenian. Um, but uh, no, it's it's a good show too. I really enjoy producing it, so I definitely. But we all have that one friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much for having me, guys. But thanks again, Nate, for being here. We have bonus episodes on Patreon. Uh, we should have probably two coming out the next week. We have a Florida Dads episode we've been working on, and we will have an additional bonus as well. Check out patreon.com backslash dumb and awful for those. And join us in Discord if you want to hang out and bullshit with the other fans. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. We'll see y'all next one. <laughs>